Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. (laughs) Today's episode of The Other Stories is Blue Bear, written by Georgia Cook and narrated and edited by James Barnett, a.k.a. Jimmy Horace. The body had already been taken away by the time Andrew arrived on scene. Soft impression remained in the undergrowth, a distressingly human outline between the roots of a towering oak tree. Andrew tried not to look as he ducked beneath the cordon, flashing his warrant card at the officer on duty. She gave him a grateful nod, and hurried away across the clearing, a reflective jacket glowing in the afternoon gloom. She didn't look back. Andrew didn't blame her. Afternoon. Second officer flashed Andrew a grimacing smile. Lovely day for it. Andrew returned a grimace of his own. He'd never enjoyed crime scene gallows humour, but he understood its necessity. He recognised the other officer as David Barker, had worked together before. What happened? He whispered. A local girl. Dave murmured back. Missing since last night. Dog walker found her this morning. Just flung into the underbrush. Christ. The closest village lay three miles away, surrounded by farmlands and rambling forests. No cameras. No witnesses. Peaceful, lonely, terrible place. It was 3pm and already growing dark. Winter shadows bubbling between the trees, 
Andrew jiggled up and down, cupping his hands against the chill, trying not to look at the hulking white forensics tent to the side of the clearing, its walls billowing like a plastic ghost. Psst! Someone hissed. Andrew turned. Nobody was standing behind him. Nothing stirred in the shadows beyond the oak tree. Andrew was about to turn back when a flash of colour caught his eye, poking up from the underbrush at his feet. Slowly, he knelt to look. Teddy bear lay in the mud beneath the tree, its bright blue fur ruffled and stained, its button black eyes glinted in the half-light. Evidence? Or woodland debris? It looked too fresh to have been here more than a few hours. Andrew was about to call his sergeant when the bear's head swiveled slowly to the side. As Andrew watched in horror, it lifted a little blue arm and waved. Andrew jolted to his feet, heart pounding. Common sense told him this was a prank, that he couldn't possibly be seeing what he was seeing. But in the middle of a crime scene, even the most blackly humid pathologist wouldn't dare. Just a trick of the light combination of night shifts and the eerie darkness of the woods making him see things. Something tugged at his trouser leg. Andrew closed his eyes. I know you can see me, said a voice by his ankle. You're not very good at pretending. Andrew opened his eyes again. Dave, he hissed. Dave glanced over. Yeah. Andrew pointed down. Can you see this? Dave followed Andrew's pointing finger. His eyes widened. Hey! He shouted, turning to the cordon. Hey, we got evidence over here! Plastic shoot officers descended, ushering Andrew away as camera bulbs flashed. Did he touched it? Where had it come from? He moved it. Andrew retreated behind the cordon. Part of him hoped the bear would speak again. Or perhaps someone would hurry from the crowd to tell him that this was all a joke. But neither did. The officers scooped the little bear into a plastic evidence bag and marched it to the tent. Andrew watched it go, staring for signs of movement. The bear stared back, unblinking and silent. Andrew left the clearing at 9pm, stiff and sore. He needed a bath and a cup of tea, then home to check on Mia. But first, the mountain of off-duty paperwork. The lights of the local station glimmered in the darkness. Andrew staggered inside, nodded to the duty sergeant, and made his way towards the canteen. He paused as he passed a narrow metal door, its window dark and imposing. The hairs on the back of his neck prickled. The evidence locker... Nobody had mentioned the bear all evening. Nobody had run screaming from the tent. Andrew had tried to put the whole thing down as a moment of stress-induced hysteria. But even so, perhaps it was already here. He quickened his pace. Ten minutes later, with a bacon sandwich, a table to himself, and a mug of tea steaming by his elbow, Andrew felt almost human again. He chewed on his pen lid, musing over the country station's propensity for paper records. It was going to be a long evening. That wasn't very friendly, said a voice by his ankle. 
Andrew froze. I was all squashed up inside that bag. The voice continued conversationally. Like a big jelly. Andrew's gaze travelled slowly, downward. The bear from the woods stood on the floor beside Andrew's chair. She was larger than he remembered, about half the height of a toddler. Her fur still blue beneath the mud and debris. Under the station lights, it was easy to see the rips and holes in her fabric skin, the sticky black stain spattering her from head to chest. Go away, Andrew hissed. I'm not... Just go away. You're very rude, said the bear. A scrambling sound from below, and her head appeared over the edge of the table. And very mean, she added. The pen clattered from Andrew's hand. Part of him wanted to lash out, sweep the bear from the table, fling it as far away as possible. What are you? He whispered. The bear puffed up proudly, its eyes gleaming. I'm Josie's friend, she said. Josie. Ah. Guilt and pity squeezed Andrew's gut. He'd all but forgotten the little girl in the woods. A girl probably no older than Mia, with friends and family of her own. Reluctantly, he reached out and touched the bear's stomach. It was soft, clumpy, definitely real. (sighs) Are you a robot? he asked. It was the only thought with some tangible thread of sense. The last possible vestige of sanity. The little bear chuckled. <laughs> no, silly. Then what? Ringing footsteps sounded outside. Then Dave appeared in the canteen doorway. Andrew tensed, expecting a flurry of questions. The bear had vanished. Andrew sat very still, gripping the tabletop. I'm her friend. Her friend. Dave flopped down in the seat opposite. What a day, he muttered. Andrew managed a tight little smile. Dave's eyes narrowed. You're right, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew resisted the urge to look down. I just... Christ. I think today got to me. Dave nodded. Tell me about it, he muttered. Mia had never had imaginary friends, but he discussed them with other parents. It always seemed so strange, so funny, flagpole of childhood imagination. I spoke to one of the forensics team before I left, Dave added, jolting Andrew back to the present. Just wanted information, you know. My son goes to school near those woods. He managed a bitter laugh. (laughs) Bloody wish I hadn't. Andrew's spine prickled. What did... For a moment, Dave looked like he might not reply. Gaze flickered to the door. Torn apart, he murmured. The pathologist thinks it was rats. Andrew forced the horrific image from his mind. So quickly... She'd only been missing. That's what's so strange. She'd only been dead. What? Half the night? Andrew nodded. I just hope it was quick. Dave muttered, taking a swig of tea. I hope it was bloody quick.
The sky was pitch black when Andrew finally stumbled to his car later that night. He drove slowly, navigating the narrow country roads by the beam of his headlights. A bulbous full moon hung overhead, etching the world in silver. Andrew found his gaze drawn to the rearview mirror, waiting for a patch of moonlight or a passing car to reveal the blessed emptiness behind him, with hands clenched. Was that a flicker of movement in the back seat? Flash of blue, right against the leather, a round shape arching lazily back and forth between the seats. Little paw, waving hello. Andrew's grip tightened on the wheel. Go away, he whispered. A furry blue face appeared in the rearview mirror, rising into view. My best friend in all the world was taken from me. The little stitched mouth twisted into a frown. Don't you want to help? Your best friend. Andrew's knuckles whitened. You killed her, he hissed. The bear paused. Andrew thought she might argue, but the little frown only deepened. I didn't want to, she said. She got too old. Told me I wasn't real. It hurt my feelings. Andrew closed his eyes trying not to see the empty hollow in the moss, the horrific revelation from Dave, the flash of a thousand tiny teeth, like she'd been eaten by rats. The bear leaned forward, her button eyes gleaming in the darkness. Do you want to know how I did it? She whispered. Andrew stomped the brakes, swinging with the momentum to snatch the little bear and hurl it through the window, away from him, away from his work, away from everything sane and rational in this world. He spun, death in his eyes, and froze. The bear sat propped in the gaps between seats. The space behind it lay pitch black, unlit by stars or street lamps. But for one brief moment, Andrew's eyes caught something else. Something crouched in the darkness. Something with a thousand twitching legs. A hundred glittering eyes writhing and twisting to fill the gaps, wearing the little bear like a small plush glove. What were imaginary friends, really? Whispered a little voice at the back of Andrew's head. Parasites, surely, living on the belief of its host, on the willingness of children to believe anything they were told. What happened when that belief ran out? When the host grew up, began to question the existence of the parasite. What kind of desperation would that create? The bear leaned closer, unfazed by the halted car. You have a daughter, it said. A young little thing. How do you know that? Andrew whispered. The bear smiled. Andrew wondered how fast it could run, if it needed to sleep, to eat, to breathe. Suddenly, the thought of being stalked by a little blue teddy didn't seem quite so funny. Take me to her, said the bear. Andrew swallowed. What if I don't? The bear's grin widened, revealing teeth like tiny needles. It was a smile implicit in its understanding. She would find Mia eventually, no matter what Andrew did, no matter where Mia went. 
there would always be a little blue bear following close behind. Little bear and the writhing horror trailing in its wake. The front door clicked shut, filling the hallway in darkness. Andrew swallowed, taking in the familiar furniture, the familiar stairs, the faint electric glow from the kitchen. Home. A movement in his arms brought him back to reality. The bear lay with his face upturned, its eyes unblinking. Its fur was soft to the touch, like a live rat. A tiny heartbeat fluttered, jackhammer between its ribs. Slowly, expectantly, gripped his sleeve. Andrew swallowed. Mia, he called. Mia! Daddy? Mia's footfalls sounded on the landing above, and she burst into view at the top of the stairs, beaming in her pink pyjamas. Daddy, you're home! Hey, sweetie. Andrew's stomach twisted. I... I... I have something for you. Mia's eyes widened. For me? Andrew held out the little bear, his hands shaking. Mia let out a little squeak and thundered down the stairs tugging it from Andrew's grip before he could resist. The bear clung to her, its paws digging into her shirt. Andrew made to snatch it back, but Mia was already racing back up the stairs, shrieking with delight. Andrew slumped against the doorframe, watching her go. This wasn't cowardice or stupidity, he told himself. It was giving them both time. Mia had, what, seven years until she was too old for imaginary friends? They would find a way out of this by then. Rid themselves of this bear. Find some way to purge the parasite. Wasn't too late. They had time. Was doing this for her. They had time. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. Blue Bear was written by Georgia Cook, narrated and edited by James Barnett, aka Jimmy Horace, with music by Alex Mason and Mayu and Tom Robson, and the sound effects provided by GlitchedTones.com and Freesound.org. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spoon of Carry On House. A quick thanks to our community managers Joshua Boucher and Jasmine Arch, and to Joshua Boucher and Carolyn O'Brien for helping with our submission reading. And of course to Ben Errington, our virtual teddy bear, offering comfort and companionship in the digital world. Georgia Cook is an illustrator and writer from London. She is the winner of the LISP 2020 Flash Fiction Prize and has been shortlisted for the Bridport Prize, Staunch Book Prize and Reflex Fiction Award, among others. She can be found on Twitter at, at GeorgiaCooked and on our website at GeorgiaCookWriter.com. James Barnett is the producer of the Night's End podcast and After the Gloaming. Search for them wherever you get your podcast, or you can also catch other works of his at jamesbarnettcreative.com. The Other Stories is a production of the Story City of Hawk and Cleaver, and is brought to you with a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. So, until next time. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 